the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 65 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the application of queer theory. That's right, George. You know, in our last episode, uh, you really unpacked the details of queer theory. And today we're going to continue that discussion with understanding its application in the public schools. Um you know, some basic questions. Is America being sent down an intentional path of queering itself? Uh, is there any evidence for this? How would you queer America if you were a queer activist? And it starts with kids in the public schools, doesn't it, George? It definitely does. I encourage our listeners just to do a Google search on the phrase queering America, and you will be shocked to see what you find. Everything from academic, you know, research to you know, activists with their own, you know, philosophies mm-hmm. and strategies uh, to actually a lot of stuff in public schools. So one of the one of the key things to look at in answering the question, um, is America being queered, uh, is just to look at demographics. Yeah. So I, I looked at a Gallup poll in 2020. Um, and this is broken down by generation. So Gen Z's versus millennials versus Gen X's versus baby boomers versus the traditionalist or the silent generation. So with going back to um, people born before 1946, it was 1.3% identified as LGBT. Yeah, not surprising. I mean, that statistic has held true for most of uh, recorded history. You know, it's yeah. always been between 1% and 2%. Then the baby boomer generation, 1946 to 1964, 2%. Yeah. The Gen X, 1965 to 1980, 3.8. Mm-hmm. But then something started to change logarithmically. Yeah. And from Gen X to their children, the millennials, it went from 3.8 to 9.1. Wow. And then from millennials to Gen Z, it went from 9.1 to 15.8. Wow. We're talking about huge percentages here. These are huge percentage jumps. Um, so the question becomes, how does something like that happen? Because if you look at Gen X and before, most of those generations, if not all of them, you would, like you mentioned, Mark, it's held somewhere in that 1% to 2% range. Right. What changed? Well, there, there's really only one answer. What's changed is the LGBT movement got into the public schools. The queer theory left academia and got into public schools. And, qu- and queer theory especially, because L- the LGBT movement had been around for a long time. Why is it that finally with the millennial, but then with especially the Gen Zs, they're finally able 
to make this huge change. And just as a reminder, if you didn't happen to catch our program last week, um, we defined gender theory as the total repudiation of any norms, including the labels lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Under queer theory, and George, correct me if I'm wrong, those labels really don't apply as any fixed identities because the whole idea behind queer theory is that there is no normalcy. Exactly. Everything is fluid. Whatever particular gender identity that you take on today may change tomorrow with your new lived experience. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And so one of the big things that I want to mention here at, from the onset is a huge warning. Parents and a huge warning to pastors and a youth past, youth pastors especially. Uh, this queer theory and this change in demographics that it, it's been causing uh, in the millennial and Gen Zs, it's an effect of the collapse of cultural standards. And it's an effect of the propaganda campaign that's been waged in public schools, in the media. And, you know, what, what's very interesting is I was reading Dr- Rod Dreher, an article from about a year ago, and he said he said this. He said, today I was on a private Zoom conference with, with senior clergy of a conservative American denomination. They said that the trans thing is exploding among their youth. Kids who were raised in this conservative church and pastors are struggling to know how to talk about it. Uh, one pastor said other pastors tell him they don't want to lead with preaching on transgenderism for fear of alienating seekers. He said he tells them that you have to take that risk because families and congregations are being hammered by this propaganda all, yeah. the, t- all the time. So Rod Dreher was on the Zoom call with pastors, and he's not a pastor, and he's encouraging and begging pastors to talk to their youth and their families and the parents about this because this really needs to be told. And one of the crazy things that one of the pastors on that Zoom call shared with Rod Dreher, he said, whenever I start sharing about these topics from a biblical standpoint on gender and sexuality, he said, I have kids that just walk up and leave. I'm looking at this right now, George, and and this is just really shocking to me. So these are kids who uh, I guess are are regular attendees of of these church services, and when the the conversation even comes up from a, a pastor or a, a youth leader, these kids are standing up and and walking out because in the public schools they're taught that if you are ever in a circle where you know there is you know, transphobia or homophobia, you know, or any kind of hate towards the LGBT community, you have to just stand up and walk out. Don't even stand it. I, I, I have to read this, and this is out of Second Timothy 4, yep. 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Mm-hmm. But then Paul says to Timothy, as for you, and this could be said to pastors too today, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an, an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Amen. Yes. Well, from here, uh, one of the you know very uh, respectable organizations is the Manhattan Institute. And they've 
come out with um, out of their political research arm, um, they they say this: the advocates of queer theory, which has penetrated public schools since the 1990s, wow. consider the notions of a natural sexual or gender identity a violation of individual freedom. Uh, the freedom to experiment with your sexuality as you like. <clears throat> as a result, the new school policymakers in the U.S. tend to encourage children to experiment with their sexuality. And we're going to see this over and over in the examples mm. that I'll bring. Um, but they mentioned this. The main actors behind the promotion of these ideas, meaning queer theory, in public schools are civil rights and educational organizations like the Human Rights Campaign, GLAD. Gelson, um, and then from here comes their unholy marriages to the teachers' unions uh, and other organizations like Planned Parenthood and things like that. So let's just real quickly dive into one of them, uh, Gelson. It's the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network. This was actually started in 1990. Yeah, they've been around for a while. They Yeah, they've been around now for, what, 32 years their whole focus has been on starting um, gay-straight alliance clubs in high schools. Right. Um, and that is now we're seeing over the last five years, we're seeing those GSA clubs now starting to open even like in junior highs. Uh, so they're constantly be, being pushed lower and lower. Um, so <clears throat> back in 2003, the City Journal – published in their spring volume this publication that's titled gay activist groups with teachers unions applause are are importing a disturbing agenda into the nation's public schools so almost 20 years ago the city mm. journal which a lot of parents probably know about because they read about christopher rufo and that's where he publishes uh, his information so 20 years ago we had already been warned by the city journal and they say this, one of the major goals of Glesson and similar groups is to reform public school curricula and teaching so that LGBT themes are always central and always presented in the approved light. So, you know, this is so interesting, George, because parents always wonder. It seems like all of this stuff just sort of popped up, you know, just in the last few years. I hear that all the time when I talk to people. Where did this come from? And what this points to and what we've talked about in the past, no, this goes back decades. We've often quoted Alan Bloom, which is the famous University of Chicago professor who wrote in 1989, there is one thing a university professor can be absolutely certain of. Every incoming freshman believes or says he believes the truth is relative. George, that was 34 years ago. Now, 20 years ago, you know, we can see that it paved the way for this queer theory to be implemented in public schools. Yeah. Yeah, and and one of the interesting things about, you know, Gelson and and their work from way back in the 90s. So in this 2003 City Journal publication, they state this, a workshop at Gelson's annual conference in Chicago in 2000. So the year 2000 complained that most LGBT curricula are in English, history and health and sought ways of introducing its agenda into math and science classes as well. Yeah. Of course. As an example of how to queer geometry, yeah. back in 2000, Gelson recommends using gay symbols such as the pink triangle to study shapes. 
And we're seeing that in California. California now has, has a math framework to uh, reinvent the way mathematics is taught in, in its public schools. And it is completely filled with this stuff. I mean, it, it is completely subjective. The symbology has changed. Uh, a lot, there's been a lot of pushback recently. So this is happening. So way back, parents, I mean, if you're listening, please hear this. Way back in 2000, these queer activists were already saying, we are in English, we are in history, and we are in health. They already accomplished that 22 years ago. Yeah. It, it didn't start with AB 329 in California, guys. No, no. This started decades ago. And what they were complaining about back, about back then was just math and sciences. Well, Mark, anecdotally, I was just in London during the Jubilee period. And one of the things— Did you see the queen? <laughs> I wish. Um, <clears throat> No, she was she was tired. She actually was at the festivities on Thursday and, and Friday, and then she said she was worn out. So on Saturday and Sunday, she was just probably napping all day. Um, but I was, you know, walking a lot through downtown London, and you know, when you hit the button to cross on a crosswalk, and you have the you know pedestrian symbols on the other side with the red hand for yeah. stop, and then a walking person, you know, uh, to to move forward. I was waiting for that walking person to come up and it wasn't coming, but something turned green and I'm like, what is that? Yeah. What is that? Everybody else started walking and I was like still looking at it and I was shocked because finally what, what I started to, when I looked at it more closely, it was actually a symbol of a gay person and a lesbian person. You know, you have those symbols with the arrows and circles and all that. So, so they've changed their street signs. Yes. That's how you queer yeah. a nation. That's how you queer in my field of, of work, transportation engineering. So this is coming for— You change its symbols. Yeah. This is coming everywhere. So this is, this is Gelson. Gelson is probably just about every high school in America. Another huge organization is Southern Poverty Law Center. And they started a program called Teaching Tolerance— Back in 1991, <clears throat> well, they've since um, rebranded this project because they have many projects. So Southern Poverty Law Center is the name of the organization, but they have multiple projects. One of them is Teaching Tolerance. They've rebranded that project to call to be called Learning for Justice. And they actually- Meaning st- social justice. Correct. And they started a podcast about five years ago on that was called- Queer America. And every episode in this podcast is about how to continuously uh, queer public schools. And I'm just going to read for you two sentences here in the, you know, their summary of this podcast. Queer America is an exploration of the history of sexual identity and gender identity in the United States. Layla Rupp and John D'Amelio host this new podcast from Learning for Justice, a resource to help educators integrate LGBTQ history into their curriculum. Wow. One has to ask themselves, what is the Southern Poverty Law Center? have to? Why are they involved in queer theory at all, because it's about more than just advocating for civil rights. It's about promoting this entire idea of social justice as they define it, including queer theory. 
and civil rights have to be redefined in queer theory terminology, which is abolish everything that is normal because that is oppressive. Our current laws are oppressive. Uh, So that's how they come up with all of this. So one thing to note, if you remember, you know, I was quoting this whole thing back in 2000 that Gelson said, look, we're, we're already in English and history and health. We want to be in everything else. So, yes, they started off with English history and health and especially with history because that's where they felt like they can come in and use. Remember, they're very crafty at using incrementalism. Uh, to come into uh, society. So within public schools, the incrementalism approach was, well, we're just teaching history. We can't, you know, whitewash history. We can't, you know, heteronormatize history. There are prominent LGBTQ figures in history that we need to celebrate. Uh, And so way back in 2011 in California, we passed what was, you know, a euphemistically called the Fair Education Act, SB 48. And so from here, this is what other states then started to adopt as um, kind of a go-by. But what's crazy is here in California, we even have our own Harvey Milk Day. And that's a very prominent figure in the LGBT movement. And yet, we who are normal uh, start to raise questions about these people's lifestyles and the abuse, you know, that that they caused to other people and performed on other people. But in the queer theorist's mind, that is not a problem because anything that's taboo should shouldn't be a taboo yeah. anymore. Yeah. And this goes back away, George. Hey, here we are in 2022. Um, Harvey Milk Day was put into law in California in 2009. That was Senate Bill 572, which celebrates the life of Harvey Milk, which was on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. He was a prominent gay activist purely for the fact that he was a public figure who was gay. And the fair education that you mentioned, that was passed in 2011. And just as a reminder to our listeners, that mandates the children from kindergarten through the 12th grade uh, in all instruction in social sciences, learn to admire the role and contributions of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender Americans. Of course, those labels don't apply anymore under a queer theory, yeah. right? Because they're fixed. Yep, exactly. So they, they've gotten the English uh, in, into the English curricula. They've gotten into the history curriculum. And then the other major step for uh, this incrementalism was in the health. Mm. Uh, the the health curriculum is where this shows up very prominently uh, because this is where it's almost like you can't keep up with it how much they're introducing now you know in the 90s it was about introducing you know the lgb that the t wasn't really there yet but starting in in the mid 2000s it was now let's push the t and with all of these uh, changes to comprehensive sexuality education, and parents, we want to remind you that Planned Parenthood back in 2008 developed the international guidelines on comprehensive sexuality education. Yeah. So they were already, you know, uh, ahead of the curve. Um, so queer theory in colleges in the 90s, 
in started to be pushed into public schools in the 2000s with Gelson and with the curricula that they're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Planned Parenthood in 2008 that actually creates this framework for how you teach comprehensive sexuality education to be in line with uh, the premises of queer theory. Um, and then you look at what happened in the next decade, the 2010s, which is when CSE started rolling out all over the country. This is a very, very intentional, you know, march, long march through the institutions, as we've mentioned under critical theory and Marxism. Uh, this is how it's happening. They have a playbook. They are executing it masterfully. Yeah, it's like a steamroller. It's having a real effect. I mean, you have a quote in here, nearly 7% now of U.S. millennials identify as a member of the gay community. It's incredible. Yep. And th- those percentages are like between 1% and 2% for most of, uh, most of our history. And yeah, and they will be constantly changing. In fact, you know, if you, if you look at some of the studies coming out of California, now we're seeing up to a quarter of kids in California public schools identifying in the LGBTQ category. And it has real-life uh, repercussions, George. We've talked about the suicide rate that has exploded for people in this age category. And the Heritage Foundation just came out with a study that showed that states who have laws uh, that prevent what are called gender-affirming care actually have much lower suicide rates than the states like California uh, that promote gender-affirming care. You know, I, I never thought that I would quote Bill Maher. Is that his last yeah. name? Okay, in my lifetime. Uh, but he, about two or three weeks ago, he came out with this like 10 minute monologue. And my favorite quote out of that is either Oklahoma is shaming them or California is creating them. And he was talking about this dichotomy of why is California public school kids at over a quarter, you know, over 25% of them identifying as LGBTQ as opposed to like Oklahoma where it's still in the low single digits. What do we use to explain this huge discrepancy? Well, I remember three years ago, Dennis Prager was on the Bill Maher show and they were having a conversation about leftism and Prager remarked that, well, leftism teaches that men can get pregnant. And of course, they all laughed at him on the, on the program. They don't do that anymore. In California, we have the Menstrual Equity Act, which requires that we put tampon dispensers in boys' bathroom. And it's happening all over California, including locally here in the Santa Ana Unified School District. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Mark, just because it can, it shows that this is the repercussion of queer theorist ideology and thinking, that this is the, the way it naturally is going to be. Yeah. Um, so parents, please get engaged, get involved. You're going to have to spend some time to educate yourself so that way you know how to respond to some of these claims. Uh, but please, in our episode last week, episode 64, we tried to dive into uh, the, the queer theory. Here we're just giving you examples of how it actually plays out in the public schools and the organizations that intentionally are driving this agenda. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, please um, uh, listen in next week. We're going to be talking about the controversial subject of book banning, and it uh, should be very interested in, interesting. And in the meantime, please go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org. Until then, we'll see you on our next episode of Say What? 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.